0: Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators.
1: Morning church, how are you going? Good to see you all. I'm Ken. I'm the old pastor, <laughs> the senior pastor. It's a funny term, isn't it, really? Uh, but there you go. Um, Palm Sunday is today, so if you've been around church for a while in the Christian tradition, this is known as Palm Sunday. Uh, it's quite an interesting tradition. It, when I've out the tradition of Palm Sunday, it's really, it wasn't a festival of, in Jerusalem. It wasn't something that was done in the early days. It's something in, in modern really modern times, even though that modern times is 1,500-odd years old. Um, but it's an interesting day, and I love, the, I love the story of Palm Sunday, and I'd love you to read with me in Matthew 21, 8-11. to A large crowd of people spread out their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. The crowds walk walking in front of Jesus, and those walking behind him began to shout, Praise to David's son. God bless him who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise be to God. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was thrown into uproar. Who is he? The people asked. The prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee, the crowds answered. Isn't it interesting that (laughs) who is he? Was the question. Yet the whole place was alive. The whole thing was going off. You know, as Jesus was walking into Jerusalem, and they're shouting out praise to David's... to David's son. So there's this knowledge about God. There's knowledge about what was going on. But they had no idea who he was. It's like the crowds today, isn't it? You see it in society today. There's this, all of a sudden there's this uproar and all the crowds are in uproar and the people are turning out in the streets and doing all this stuff. But no one really knows what's going on. Nothing's changed in the world. Uh, it's just a, a funny thing. But uh, who is he? Let's have a look at the, the uh, people a week later. Same people. This is the same people that are cutting palm trees down and taking their cloak off, which would have been an expensive garment in those days, lying that down. And this, this is the same people a week later, Matthew 27 to 20, uh, 27 rather 20 to 23. But the chief priest and the elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, which of these two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas, Pilate. Pilate said to them, what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said to him, let him be crucified. Then the governor said, why? What evil has he done? That they cried out all the more, saying, let him be crucified. One week before, they're going, hey, look at this guy. We're throwing everything on the ground. We've created this pathway for him. <clears throat> he's actually fulfilling a prophecy in Zechariah. That's what Palm Sundays is about, that the son, son of God, the Messiah, would come in on a donkey. So the prophetic thing was completed, yet the crowd the week after turned on him. Isn't it incredible? that one week he's the, the hero, and the next week it's crucify him. It's a fickle society. See, Jesus had lots of fans. There was lots of fans of Jesus. They all loved him. They were on the side of the mountain when he was talking and giving the sermons. They all loved him when he walked down the street and healed people with an issue of blood or (coughs) when a cripple was dropped in front of him and healed healed him. (coughs) Excuse me, that same crowd then shouted out, crucify him. There was lots and lots of fans, but very few followers. In society today, I think the opposite has happened. There's not a lot of fans of Jesus. There's a, and there's a few followers. And now my prayer is that we're followers of Jesus, not just fans of Jesus. That we're known as people who actually love God with all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our soul. We love our neighbor as we love ourselves. but that's how we'll be known as Highlanders and how we'll be known as followers of Christ. Not just people who are following the latest tradition or trend or fad. Or So I think that actually is where we get led astray. Matthew 27, 57 to 58. I find this verse particularly interesting. Now when the evening had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who, who himself had become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to giving, be given to him. I think the striking difference between the crowd and this man the first crowd knew of Jesus, but this man knew Jesus. He was a disciple. Of Jesus, He actually termed a disciple of Jesus. In other words, he'd had an encounter with Jesus and decided to follow him. Joseph was a man with obvious uh, influence. In those days, to walk into Pilate's house and have an audience with him and say, hey, I want you to give up the guy you just put on the cross that the whole world was in uproar with. He obviously was a man of influence because you just can't walk in. uh, You can't even walk into our local council or walk into the mayor. You can't walk in and see him without an appointment. Yet this man had the ability to wander into Pilate's place and say, hey, Pilate, obviously friends, give up this man's body. I want to put him in a tomb. And I think that's a really good example for us to consider as, as Christians, as followers of Christ, is how are we known to the world? How do the world see us? How do they relate to us? Because I think the press has tarred us with a certain brush that makes us look a certain way, that we are against everything that we are hard to live with, that we're bigots, that we're angry people. Yet, that's not who we are. But somehow we've been tarred with this brush and we've got this, this thing around us that says we're, we're that, type, that type of people. And I think it needs to change. I think we need to be people of influence. I think we should be able to walk in to the mayor's office and say, hey, Paul, how are you going? There's some issues. I think that's how we should be. I think we should be able to have good relationships with politicians from every persuasion. Whether we like them or don't like them, I think that's how our attitude should show. We should be able to walk in to the, the local member, our local members, David Janeski, and say, hey, David, how are you going? This is what we, sh- you know, what we think and have some influence. We should be able to walk into the local uh, federal member, Garth Hamilton, and say, Hey, Garth, how are you going? Have you thought about this? Because I think that's where we get our influence. And I think the same thing. They're just our local members. But we should be able to walk into Anastasia Palaszczuk and say, Hey, Anastasia, what do you think about this? We should be able to have that reputation and not walk in and go, Oh, you're from that church or you're a Christian, therefore, I I don't want to be associated with you. And I think Palm Sunday gives us this example of the, the two extremes of one week before the crucifixion, everyone was for Jesus, and one week later, he only had a few followers left. Yet from that few followers, the whole world's been changed. And I think that's where the hope lies especially in 2022, the world we live in. Disciples of Christ should be good friends. Isn't that an interesting thought? That as Christians, as disciples of Christ, we should be a good friend. That's what we should be known as. We should be people who... Go the extra mile. We should be people who are friendly with people. And I think that should be the mark of us. Because I think there's a mark where we can get the, the mark of, you know, have a placard and, and demand things with placards or have a, a, an opposing view all the time. And we might not agree with the world, and we probably don't. But how do we win the world? because that's what we've been commissioned to do. It's such an interesting thought, and such a challenge to the way we've been brought up. Now, please understand, I was one of the founders of ACL. People don't know that now, and it's probably not a good thing to put out publicly in today's world. But I sat there with John Gagliardi, who was the founder of it in 1995, and we planned it, and I was going to lead it in New South Wales when we moved from Brisbane to New South Wales to pastor the church but I chose to pastor the church not become the leader of ACL in New South Wales so I understand what it is to have an opinion in the political world but what I noticed about having an opinion in the political world the ones that have influence are the ones that are friendly isn't that interesting? You can have the angry people that want to get up there and be angry with everybody and and be the people that are going to shout, crucify him or whatever. But the ones that actually have influence are the ones like Joseph who can actually walk into the office and say, hey, can I have Jesus' body? And it sets us up in a different way. It's really important to know how we're perceived as disciples of Christ. How are we known? Are we a good friend that can have a great conversation? Because what I find is this. If I sit down with somebody over a cup of coffee, I can talk about anything. So I can talk about gay rights. I can talk about gay whales. I can talk about the environment. I can talk about Jesus. And then not be an offence. And I wonder whether, as disciples of Christ, whether that's where God's positioning us to actually be a good friend to people, and maybe it being a disciple is actually being a good friend, not just a friend with opinions. Can anyone anyone do CrossFit here? A couple of Crossfitters I know in the place. People won't put their head up. But when Crossfit fits first started, if you ever got near a person that did Crossfit, all they talked about was Crossfit. Anyone become a vegetarian or a vegan? All they talk about when they first become a vegan or a vegetarian, generally, and all generalizations are false, so if I offend you, I'm sorry. But they, they major on this thing. And same as Christians, when, when we first become Christians, I think we, it all comes out and I think it's really healthy and I think we need to keep that fire within us, but I think we need to learn how to actually use what God has put in us. That's why with the Discover course, where we learn our gifts and learn out how God's created us to actually go and apply that in the world that we live in. One of the things I've noticed, I was walking with Brendan, uh, Brendan Hanna, who is our operations manager now, he just got a promotion, congratulations Brendan. <laughs> he, uh, we're walking through this, the building sites this week and one of the things I noticed when I was walking through of myself is when I walk through the building site, I become a builder. So I become a tradie and I talk like a tradie without the short little words that they use all the time. I've wiped them from my vocabulary, but I generally talk like a trainee to them. Hey, mate, how you going? And I said to Brendan later, I said, hey, mate, if you see me and you want to stop me and find out what I'm talking about, it's okay. (laughs) But you've got to be able to relate to people. When I find I'm sitting in the boardroom, I'm sitting in a lawyer's office, I relate differently because I'm sitting with a different group of people. But we need to be right. And I think it's an interesting thing as Christians and how we actually do this because I think we've been taught to evangelize rather than make disciples see evangelism the way we were taught was a really quick thing and I don't know if you've been in church long enough to experience this and if you have I'm I'm sorry but the way it went is you went up to someone and you would say things like Do you know Jesus? And you made sure you carried a big black Bible. And the Holy Bible's worn out on this one, but it had to say Holy Bible. And we would be that style of people where we would be the obnoxious ones where rather than being a friend and actually developing a relationship, we would, hey, you wanna give your life to Christ, brother? Let me tell you a story. But I don't think that's what we're meant to do. And I think Joseph really gives us the good example of someone who had that ability, and he was not mentioned anywhere else, but he had the ability to walk up to Pilate and say, hey, he was obviously a good friend and had made a friendship that brought him influence. And I think God's doing that with us. No matter who we are, that he's brought us to that point that he wants, to have, wants us to have influence in the world. And I'm radically challenged by this. I think from the church's perspective, especially seeing what's going on, down in the church world and the controversy and the, the attitude towards the church, I think it's time for the church to actually have a different attitude. And the church being not the organization, being the people. Because the church is nothing but the people. So how are we perceived? There's a a saying, and and I've heard it when I was a kid, and I, I read it again this week. It says this, you can catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. Such an interesting saying, isn't it? Both vinegar and honey catch flies. They're both attracted to that. But how many of you are going to drink a teaspoon of vinegar? Straight. Apple cider vinegar, I know. Some of us are into apple cider vinegar. It's okay. It's not nice, but is it? Have you ever tried it? Not nice. But somehow we seem to be attracted to the vinegar side of life rather than the honey side of life. Yet honey attracts more flies than vinegar. And there was a friend of mine years ago, a fellow called Peter Campbell, passed away and at his funeral they used his saying and I I still think it's a phenomenal saying. You're better to be kind than right. In other words, use honey, not vinegar. Because we can all be right. And our doctrine can be right, that you go to hell if you don't know Jesus. That's true. But there's ways to do that and ways to say that to help people in that relationship with him. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 23 to 24, there's this, the heart of the wise teaches his mouth. I thought, wow, that's such an interesting. Even if we stop there, the heart of the wise teaches his mouth. How many times have you been in trouble because of your mouth? Husbands. Wives. The wise teach their mouth to what? Shut up. <laughs> put your brain into gear. My father used to say this all the time to me. You can tell my personality. Ken, put your great brain into gear before you speak. In other words... Be a wise person and teach your mouth what to say. And adds learning to his lips. Pleasant words are like honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. And again, I think this is an interesting passage because it's talking about our soul. And if you know my prayer for you, my prayer is that you'll prosper in all things, that you'll be in health just as your soul prospers. I pray that all the time over you as a church. But it's interesting, it's sweetness to the soul because everything in our soul, if we've got our soul right and our heart right, everything else falls into place. Everything else, the sweetness to our soul and health to our bones. If we keep a healthy soul, we're generally healthy in our body. We're generally prospering in all things. All of a sudden, if you think about this, that scripture (coughs) that you prosper in all things, and you'll be in health just as your soul prospers. If you've got that healthy soul, you've got a healthy body, but you've also prospered in all things. Prospering oftentimes comes from your relationships with people. How you relate to people, how you actually make your way, how you become a person that people like rather than people don't like. So this morning, your mission, if you choose to accept it, <laughs> is to make friends. Followers of Christ are great friends, but I think it's interesting that we make friends, not just find friends. You ever heard people say, "I'm really struggle to find friends." I've had people say that to me. I really struggle to find friends, and I thought reading this I was thinking this, as I was putting this together I think you know it's not about finding friends it's about making friends and I think Jesus wants to us to actually make friends to be friendly it's such a simple message yet the gospel is so simple yet so powerful Proverbs rather sorry so if your mission is to make friends, could growing in love and becoming more like Jesus be the tipping of the balance towards honey rather than vinegar? Think about the, your relationships with your family, because I know there's people in this room who struggle with relationships with family. Struggle relationship with friends? Struggle with relationships with people who have hurt you? Is there there anyone who hasn't hurt you? Because really and honestly, life brings misunderstanding and misunderstanding brings hurt. And the greatest problem in marriage is communication. So therefore, greatest problem in marriage is miscommunication or misunderstanding. And therefore hurt. But it happens in every relationship. Could it be that we're called to heal the bones of society through our words? Not just those that we like, or that look like us, or speak like us, or act like us, or vote like us, or live like us, but maybe the ones who are different. So I don't find there's been many people argued into the kingdom of God. Have you ever found you've won an argument to win people into the kingdom of God? I've never found one. I've never won an argument they've won into the kingdom. I've had plenty of arguments with people over the years, sadly. And I haven't won them into the kingdom of God by arguing with them but I've won many, many people into the kingdom of God by being friendly with them. Yet I wonder why we take the stance of argument rather than love. More will, have been, more will come having been surprised by the offering of honey when they expected vinegar. Isn't that an interesting thought? Because the world right now expects you as a Christian to be vinegar, to have an attitude, to have an opinion, to actually show hate rather than love. But imagine, the opposite was to come out of each and every one of our mouths, even if we were so against what was happening but to open a door of love. We walked through the building site the other night and there was the carpet layers. And the carpet layers are, you, are, you, are a unique breed of people. And there's usually a couple of good ones. Friend and I actually chatted about this later, but there was a couple of good ones and then there's got the labourers. And the guy that owned, or the guy that actually runs the team there is a guy called Matthew. And we were talking, because I know these guys, we were just chatting to them in a tradey way. And they told me about his brother who was there. And his brother had an interesting view of life. And it also had an interesting view of marriage and dating um, that he managed to express in no uncertain terms, mainly about dating and what he was going to do that night. And I thought, wow, he's so opposite, so radically opposite to what we believe, so radically opposite to what we would recommend. And I thought to myself when I was talking there and I thought, do I trim this guy up? Because I could have. I could have helped him with a little bit of relationship advice like stay at home, don't go out tonight, mate. But I thought, you know, the long term, this guy's obviously hurt. He's obviously messed up. And we may see him a couple of more times, but there may be that opportunity where I can actually talk to him rather than ostracize him. I think it's so important. I think more will find the love and the life of Jesus if we choose words of grace. I think as we take this series, Walking with Jesus, be a disciple and make disciples, I think one of the greatest lessons we can learn for Jesus is that he had this outworking of grace when they brought the woman caught in adultery he extended grace. When they brought other people through him, he extended grace. When they brought the man with the withered hand on the Sabbath and he healed him, he extended grace. Maybe that grace, maybe that reputation that he had received that was so evident on Palm Sunday was because of the grace that he showed. And sure, he was crucified and there was nothing gonna stop that. It was in the plan of God. But gee, he won a lot of people on the way, didn't he? And he set up the whole of the next 2,000 odd years that we're in seeing people come to know Jesus. So I think this morning, if you agree, relationships matters. And how we talk with each other is important. The challenge is for us, and our possible next step is, would we trade our vinegar for honey? And I don't know about you, I've got plenty of vinegar still. Should we trade it for honey and see how many people we can win? You know, it's not hard. It's just looking for ways to compliment people. It's just looking for ways to say, hey, you've done a good job. Or, hey, you look great today. Or rather than seeing the problems and addressing the problems, because you know what? There's lots of problems out there. It's really easy to see problems. But maybe the way to go about it is to actually see the solutions and praise the solutions rather than seeing the problems. I think it's the same in relationships. I think it's the same in marriage that you can actually, after you've been married for a little while, you can see the problems rather than your lovesick eyes when you were first married. But to actually sit there and say, hey, look at the solutions. I'm not looking at you too. all right? I saw that, Dudge. <laughs> but maybe that just by giving people compliments. Maybe just look for the best in someone and call that out. Do you know what? I reckon there's bonus honey from heaven if you actually give a couple of compliments to people you actually don't like or are against. And that may be your spouse, but it's okay. I think, you know, I think if we're disciples of Christ, we probably should be saying, every day, God, who? Who today... Have you positioned me to influence? Who today have you set me up that I can actually give a compliment to, show some love to? And out of that simple act, we're actually doing what Jesus did. For God so loved the world that he sent his only Son, that none should perish and all can have eternal life. Maybe if we did that, be a disciple and making disciples would just become a whole lot easier. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I thank you for this amazing group of people. Lord, my heart is that we we become more like you in this. Father, I know that we can create argument, we can disagree and we can do all the things and Father, the longer we become Christians, the more set in our ways we become and more of our attitude is cemented but Father, you always are renewing us we can see the people out there and Father, understand that they got hurts and they're broken and just like we are. And maybe that little bit of love, that little bit of encouragement, those few kind words that are like honey because people are so desperate. They're so wanting the hope that we might be able to be just a deliverer of that hope for that person in this day. And out of that, they go, what is it about you? You're not what I expected. You're not stereotyped to a religious person that I expected. But you're actually someone who genuinely cares. Father, help us to be that. Help us to be your representative on earth that we can take the great commandment and the great commission and make a difference to the ones around us and the ones you bring across our path. In Jesus' name. Hey, just while every eye's closed and every head's bowed, we do this in every service because you really do matter to God and you do matter to us. And maybe you've been in church all your life or maybe today's the first time you've walked into church or maybe you've been away from church and you've come back today. Friend, it's not just about church, it's about knowing Jesus. And there'd be lots of fans of Jesus. But to be a follower of Jesus is the opportunity that is presented. And The way we do that in this place is we want to give you the opportunity to ask Jesus in your life to know Him, not just know about Him. And the way I do that here is I'm going to ask you while no one's looking around so you can make a decision yourself. Not with your spouse, not with the person sitting next to you, but a decision for yourself to ask Jesus into your life. And the way I do that is I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And the reason I ask you to raise your hand, that's an outward sign of an inward decision. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, you will be saved. So if that's you and you've never given your life to Christ and you'd like to this morning, I'd love you to raise your hand so I can pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just gonna pray with you, lead you to Jesus. So look across this room right now, if that's you, you've never given your life to Christ or you're coming back to Christ, would you raise your hand so I can see it? Look across this room one more time. Well, Father, I pray for everyone here, that if they know you, Lord, you continue to grow them, to woo them, they come into an even deeper relationship with you. If they don't know you, Lord, I ask you to touch them today. but let the words ring in their ears that you
0: love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you, to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.